When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. No, 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 Sean. No, no, I've fucking been there. Maze, you better fire it up, dude. Shut your mouth. You're not God or my father or my boy. Drive your fucking Wally bird. They laugh in New York. And they, they laugh at San Francisco, but they will not be laughing when the mouth of hell opens up and sucks. The whole world is in the power of the evil one, the devil. And the media that he uses to control the world is television. This show really should be a Sunday night tentpole event. We're we're missing that big Sunday show right now. I wish this was it. I, agree. I never miss a show late Sunday night if that's its night. But Thursday night, brutal. Monday night, not so bad because you're kind of still in Sunday night mode. Mm-hmm. Thursday night sucks. <laughs> <laughs> It's on Hulu, so it's available all day. That's true. But I, day is not good for me. I like that it's not limited to 9 or 10. We'll send them some feedback. Hulu, figure it out. I'm just saying, if you got something this good, you should be jacking Sunday night. Give it a better time slot. Episode 4's opening shots are intense close-ups of the devs team with bright colored lights, a gleaming market street, a dead rat on shattered glass... Lily in bed and the artificial tree halos while that intense ass score just blares at you. So loud. (laughs) Kubrick. The devs lab was built on a tectonic fault line. Stewart says this place is like Vegas. I never know what time it is. Forrest is watching a projection of what looks like Lily falling down and crawling to her death. Katie comes in and asks him if it's wise to project the future. I'm just scared. 
Of what? Us. Me and you. Everything we do is predicated on the idea that we live in a physical universe, not a magical universe. Are you doubting that? Not the physical universe. But I am scared we might be magicians. What if we project one minute into the future, right now? Forrest. What if, Katie? What if one minute into the future, we see you fold your arms and you say, fuck the future. I'm a magician. My magic breaks tram lines. I'm not going to fold my arms. You put your hands in your pockets and you keep them there until the clock runs out. Cause precedes effect. Effect leads to cause. The future is fixed in exactly the same way as the past. The tram lines are real. This conversation overlaps tremendously with Westworld 3. Loops. Oh, free yeah. will. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird to be watching them simultaneously for that very reason. For sure. I imagine it's kind of like if you gave two students the same writing assignment and getting it back. <laughs> Let's talk about time travel and parallel That's universe great. theory and That's free great. will and simulation theory. And then come back to me. See what you come up with. That's great. Yep. So true. Lily stayed at Jamie's place, but he slept on the couch. So chivalrous, Eden. Yeah, chivalry is not dead after all. I'm really feeling bad for him every episode. For I real. know, man. He's, <laughs> oh, God, I feel so bad for him. And it's like, why? Lily knows they will kill her despite Jamie's urging to go to the cops or the FBI. You need to stop seeing them as a tech company. See them as the mob, Lily says. Kenton goes to Lily's apartment, which is right next to Dolores Park at the corner of 20th and Dolores. The homeless man asks him for a cigarette and points Kenton to the fuck you note. Still waiting for the shoe to drop with the homeless man. AC, you got any theories for me? Is he just a homeless man or is there something more there? Yeah, he's definitely not just the homeless man. That dude even either has powers or something. What do you mean? Okay. (laughs) But do you mean that... He'll have a greater purpose down the road. He'll 100%. still be homeless, though. Yeah. Um, Chekhov's homeless man. I think he's a sleeper agent. Sleeper agent? For who? For, yeah, what? We For don't know yet. Party? He's not just the homeless guy, is what I'm saying. Okay. I agree. I that's, agree. that's what I'm he's, wondering. He's okay, somebody. So I just don't know saying who. saying it's a performance. Yes. Oh, yes. With a larger right. purpose. This show does not have very many characters, so... Giving him screen time and moments has to be a clue. Mm-hmm. Too mm-hmm. much yeah. screen time. Sure, but that could Diversion. all just mean that he's going to save her in the end. You know, when they throw her off the roof, she lands yeah, on him and he dies no, instead. But come that's on, that's how it's so going to go. I, I have higher expectations. <laughs> Kenton's going to throw her off the roof. That could be just Oh, my man. Don't even get me. Okay, so we'll get into Kenton later. I still <laughs> yeah, have this seriously. Kenton was going to take Lily to the shrink, and despite her protests, he takes her. 
Lyndon is freaking out over something at Dev's and hugs Stuart, but we can't hear the words. We learn from Lily's therapy session that her father died, her mother remarried in Hong Kong, and she is fairly alone. Lily claims she has no memory of her workplace incident and is avoiding conversation. Jamie rapidly cleans his apartment, and as he leaves, something falls off the wall. <laughs> Lyndon shares with the entire team. Her speciality is sound waves, and by stripping away everything, she is able to get clear audio of Jesus speaking in Aramaic. Wait, that's a girl? We did this last that's week. A- the actress is a girl, but the character is a boy. That's what I thought. Okay. So I fucked that up. That's my bad. 13, I think, is the age. That's at that age where they can seem genderless yeah like ambiguous mm-hmm. but i thought it was a boy though it didn't even strike me as androgynous yeah i thought it was a boy me and Ilya like had a long speculation discussion before we finally looked it up <laughs> even the character of the voice is like a prepubescent tone it's interesting okay yeah. cool. he has the idea to get rid of the noise and figures out the perfect algorithm to strip away all the excess. Instead of De Broly Brahm, and I'm pronouncing that wrong, she used the Everett interpretation. Everett interpretation. Which is a parallel universe theory, but still deterministic. Much more on the Everett interpretation later. Yes. Okay, that's how that ties back. This is why it's important to go back to episode four. They really are connected, and it's super important. Forrest bursts his bubble. Cute, Lyndon. It's a cute party trick. A hell of a party. Glad I'm invited. (laughs) (laughs) No. It's a waste of time. And it's dangerous. Why is it dangerous? Because it's seductive. As I can see from all your faces, lit up, hearing Jesus talk, getting nerd hard-ons. But let's all just be clear, it's not actually Jesus talking, is it? No, it is Jesus talking. But not our Jesus from our history. It's a Jesus from a history. And every time you run the system, you'll get a different outcome. But the difference might be a single hair on Jesus' head. No. It will be that difference, and three hairs difference, and four, and a thousand, and all points in between and either side. That's your response to what I've just achieved? We're splitting hairs. No, Lyndon. This is my response. You're fired. What? You're fired. You've undermined everything I'm trying to do. Katie. Forrest. Shut up, Katie. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding anyone. This is a message to the whole team. If you didn't know it with the Russian kid, you know it now. I will not accept this project being undermined. Lyndon, you'll get your dev separation pay. $10 million. And if you talk about your work here to anyone, in any context, at any time, I'll know. Now get your stuff and get out. Yeah. Mm. I'm not a fan of that moment. I loved it. What? I was all in, baby. I loved it. You have no heart. It turns out Maze is loving every time somebody gets annihilated <laughs> on the show. Like Howard just getting destroyed on Saul. <laughs> 
This kid's just getting hammered. Hey, you get your 10 million, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that was pretty great. I would definitely get dressed out for something like that. Forrest is looking for results in this universe, not results in a parallel universe, and says that Lyndon undermined his project. Lyndon receives $10 million severance, but doesn't understand. I understand perfectly. It's a binary result. He wants perfection or nothing at all. And by opening up this door, which we will get to later, it is not what Forrest is after. It is a false reality that he is not seeking. Right, because he needs the reality to conform to the universe where he's actually in. Yes. Not Mm -hmm. to extract the result from a parallel universe. Mm Mm-hmm. This is, gets much more complicated next episode. Despite claims of doctor-patient confidentiality, the psychiatrist immediately spills the beans to Kenton, telling him he doesn't think she has ever experienced psychosis. Kenton lies to her, says she's high risk, and is prepared to abduct her. Lily grabs the steering wheel and swerves the car, so it crashes right on the 280 wow. before the 18th Street exit. Wow. Girl is insane. One of the best things I've ever watched. Yeah. On the screen. Great that scene. Moment. Yeah, that was oh. very fun. Then when she gets out so of the car, yeah. come on. Somehow remaining conscious while Kenton is out cold, she stumbles into traffic, nearly getting obliterated by a Jeep before escaping. Katie is mad that Forrest fired her most talented engineer and they trade barbs about knowing the future. Forrest really hates the multiverse because he wants his Amaya back, not a different Amaya. Katie broke a rule and used Lyndon's algorithm, generating a much clearer image of Amaya, which makes Forrest weep. So even though he knows it's not what he wants, he still can't help himself from succumbing to emotion at the sight of his slightly different world daughter. Lily returns to Jamie's place and calls 911 for Sergei's murder, but Kenton already got to the cops and they arrest her for reckless endangerment psychiatrist identifies her and the cops take her away while Kenton goes to what I thought Eden was to murder Jamie. We all thought that real sucker punch here. Terrible ending for our characters. Yeah. 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 Terrifying. Eden, did you have an ounce of hope at this point? This Kenton dude is insane. Obviously he's already killed two people at least. And so I just thought he was ruthless and he was going to kill our guy, Jamie, our poor guy that's just trying to help a girl. It's he's at that level of security for such a high. We're seeing this (laughs) play itself out in Westworld as well. There's so many fucking parallels to Westworld. It is insane. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. But this idea that he's so ruthless as a security agent. It's more than he's insane. He's not insane. He's able to hold it together and just deal with each problem in the most extreme way necessary. Oh, right? I meant it's insane the, in the sense that he just doesn't give a fuck. He just does like what he has to do. He's just going to eliminate right? whatever yeah. problem pops up in his vision yeah. of tunnel. Yeah. They're not a tech company. They're the mafia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're the mafia with the money to influence the government. <laughs> And the cops. Well, they're yeah. like insight. Like, why does he get I mean, to be omnipowerful? Just such a small dude. Like, what yeah. is this small guy? He's like, I jump from uh, James Bond. 
mean, maybe he's not that short, but I don't know. I feel like the lack of physicality is just like bothering me. It just, I it just yeah, I say, she was more imposing. I, here's like the that thing, I could though, buy it yes. a little bit. More. I think the creep factor is very strong. Oh, so yeah. strong. Yeah. He does have a creepy look he, on his face. He like, makes always. up for. The it's lack like a borderline physical lazy aspect. You can't really tell where he's looking. It's menacing. Oh, it's menacing. That car mm-hmm. scene is terrifying. I mean, it's hard to say because watching it in tandem with Saul, it's like having two tens going at the same time. It's fantastic. What a time. It's unbelievable that we've all been quarantined inside during one of the best couple weeks of television ever. Every time one of these ends, like Watchmen last time, you're like yeah. looking ahead, you're going, oh, that's pretty. And that's, that's how we ended up getting suckered into watching that <laughs> King garbage. You know, was that, that's how bleak it was coming out of Watchmen. You know what I mean? We need the lows to appreciate the highs, though. Could have just gone on a Corona true. shutdown until we started. Shut it down. It just keeps getting better and better and better. And it doesn't change going into the next one, does it? Episode 5 is a major game changer, and we spend much of the time using the newly improved devs' projections to fill in backstory in an elegant way. However... We must consider that the major theme of this episode is the Everett interpretation Mm -hmm. introduced by Lyndon last episode that an infinite number of realities exist. And so therefore, none of the visions we see in this episode are necessarily completely accurate Mm -hmm. to the world we have seen up until now. Keep that in mind as we discuss it. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about that a lot. In some ways, dude, I thought of this as a kind of interesting bottle episode. Absolutely. Because the character perspective in this entire episode, even the opening scenes, were yeah. dead. And this is the episode where I fell in love with Katie's character and realized that she is the real powerhouse in this show. Cold open, Lily is in the Whitehurst Hospital, drugged up in the psych ward with the flowers and a note from Kenton. <laughs> a dick. <laughs> Then we see multiple Lilies, Sergeys, and Jamies all inhabiting the same apartment simultaneously wow. in a worldless sequence set to Very OI trippy. Wept by Free. Awesome. <laughs> also, it was a genuine old song. That was okay. a perfect score I, to go along I didn't along know the tune, scene. but I it almost it felt like a contemporary song made to sound vintage. So that says, it speaks to how well that song was recorded. Their song choices have been excellent. Yeah, tremendous. Yeah. Eden, did you have any clue what the fuck was going on before getting into this episode with this opening scene? What was your first reaction? It was weird because I didn't even think about the Westworld parallels in the moment. But like mm-hmm. now that you guys mentioned it, I can't stop thinking about it. And it's just like, I was just like, I don't know what <laughs> timeline we're in. Like <laughs> what is happening? Why are they both there? But it was well executed because like, as the scene progressed, you could sort of figure out what they were doing with it. Well, you know, what was interesting to me is because we were introduced to her in a mental hospital now clearly drugged up. So the first thing I'm thinking is she's, running through her past recent past yeah you know jamie sergey because you know one's gone she's reconnected with the other so i'm thinking in her head she's playing out the last couple years whatever that timeline was and we're getting to see 
a visual presentation of how things went down. I mean, as I recall, there's not a single word in that entire scene. No. It plays out that you're going to be in getting the whole history now, the backstory. You just weren't, you've only been told, but not shown. So it was a remarkable storytelling device that worked on so many levels. Yeah. I mean, if I ever saw anything that was felt authentically Stanley Kubrick, this episode was the peak of that. Kenton is back on his old man strength bullshit, drowning Ooh. a terrified Jamie in the bathtub. And then he uncorks an epic monologue about his CIA days in Hong Kong. Long ago, when I was about your age, maybe a little older, I was in the CIA. I was based in Hong Kong. And we were working toward what we called the American century. The 20th century was all about war in Europe and communism in Russia and Asia. But the 21st century was going to be all for the stars and stripes. Things seemed to be going pretty well. The Soviet Union had collapsed. Europe was nicely weak and stable. And on my beat, a popular uprising had started on mainland China. The focus point was Beijing. Hundreds of thousands of demonstrators had occupied Tiananmen Square. Wouldn't fucking budge. And at a certain point, my bureau chief called us into his office and said, China was finished. Whatever the government did wouldn't make a difference. The protests would spread across the country. The system would collapse. The tipping point was reached. The cascade was unstoppable. You know what happened next? The Chinese government sent in soldiers and tanks to Tiananmen Square, shot everybody they could, took the revolution by the neck, and crushed the fucking life out of it. Today, China is the most powerful force on the planet, the most powerful force the world has ever known. And it turned out to be the Chinese century. Story over. My point? Everything's containable, but only if you're willing to do what it takes. I'm willing to do what it takes. Do you believe me? You are a dissident. I am a tank. Do you believe me? Kenton breaks Jamie's fingers and leaves, satisfied that he will not do anything more. Katie is watching this at Dev's. She adjusts her tablet, and we now see young Lily playing Go with her father. Go is the oldest board game in the world. Their home is also next to Dolores Park. Not sure how that works, but whatever. I think they just were shooting in the neighborhood. <laughs> Katie adjusts the settings again. We see the computer and then see where Sergey and Lily first met, both of them dealing with breakups. Jamie is stalking Lily on Facebook. <laughs> Sergey and Lily are watching the 1949 classic film noir, The Third Man. When he confesses he's in love with her, you are creative, you are unexpected <laughs> funny oh, clever God. hot <laughs> awesome in every way so yeah i'm in love with you eden how do you do 
<laughs> the funny thing is he said all of that and all he got back was a I love you too. Cool. I thought it was cute. Yeah, it was like cool. Like cool, I it cool felt, story, bro. It felt genuine. Yeah, no, I yeah. thought it was too. The only part that wasn't genuine was that either one of them would have selected the third man to watch on their laptop. But okay, that's an Alex Garland choice. <laughs> yeah, wait, whoa, 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 wait, what's wrong with that, dude? What, what, what are you talking? The third fucking man? Are you kidding me? With Joseph Cotton? 20-something techies in San Francisco in 2020? I mean, they're trying to be hip, dude. Are watching classic film noir? On a romantic date? They were in it by then, dude. But they Jay, were well that's Jay, they were well they in. To, they have to have a TV set up. Like, yeah, they're making some oh, they're not watching they're not watching movies on their computer together. Like come is that on. the point or is it the third man? Cinephiles like Sergey aren't watching third man on a laptop. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. If it were me in the 90s going to Kim's video, I would have gotten the third man if I hadn't already seen it. I could see doing that. Exactly. That's who I would have bought watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but me in my 20s is what I'm saying. You in were- <laughs> the 90s, though. Like, you know what I'm saying? In the 90s. Like, it's 2020, dude. They're binge watching Netflix. Let's be real. They're oh. watching trash. I, I they're see. Watching they're, not, they're not hipsters. They're also probably both on their laptops, not really watching. They're not yeah. cinephiles. I know. Oh, why not? This was an Alex Garland choice. It does not fit the characters. Call me crazy. I think Lily is, man. I think Lily's cool. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye out for her other references to classic films from <laughs> black and white era. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting, but no character up until that moment had given us any indication on where their leanings are in terms of pop culture. Exactly. There's no references in this show. It's incredible. That's an age-weighted reference for my benefit, isn't it? Noted and appreciate it. There's an amazing shot from outside the inner cube as the screen changes to international disability rights activist Liz Carr playing a lecturer during Katie's college class. Forrest is sitting in on this lecture about the dual-slit experiment for quantum particles. Mysteriously, the single photon appears to pass through both slits at the same time. This is evidence of the superposition of quantum particles that they can exist in more than one place at the same time, which defies conventional perception. The act of our viewing the particle has somehow changed it. The professor sitting next to Forrest said she asked the lecturer to provoke Katie which he does by naming off various interpretations to explain the dual slit experiment, Copenhagen, Penrose, and finally von Neumann Wegner, which makes Katie flip out. She prefers the Everett interpretation. Ah, Everett. Whose interpretation states that there is no change to the superposition of the humble quantum particle. Rather, there is a change to the entire universe it states that the macroscopic superposition exists and just so we're all clear what that means it means the universe is constantly splitting like the trunk and branches and twigs of an infinitely large tree and on that tree all possible worlds will exist all possible events will happen all histories and all futures a near infinite number of times it's deterministic it's supported by the math and it's supported by the experiment 
but it's not supported by the real world. Whatever. <clears throat> Enjoyed, weebs. Katie gets upset and storms out, and we see the Everett interpretation in action, tying us back to the first scene with infinite Katie's on infinite divergent paths, and I got chills, Jake. And yet they focused on the one in the center, right? It was beautiful. It was like, yeah. okay, now we're tied back to the beginning of the show, and now we understand what was really being expressed with the multiples. We thought it might be a misdirect to think we were in Lily's head. And at first it's just different directions, right? It's like one going yeah. here, one going, and then it's different actions, different responses to what had happened inside. At first it felt a bit like weird kind of science porn, you know, like the whole start <laughs> of that lecture was kind of freaky. Yeah. And then it got really trippy. And then you find out it's a performance. She's just yeah. egging her on. It isn't what it is, right? Unlike what Sergei tells Lily later, it isn't what it is at all. And it's all meant to set her up for her next part of the journey. Also, this woman is very distinct looking. David Lynchian. And we needed a Basil Exposition type moment to come along. You know, if David Lynch was doing this show, she would have given us that same speech but in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad Garland did it forwards. <laughs> like if he go, if he decided, yeah, I'm going to put a little Lynch into my Kubrick tribute tonight. <laughs> I think of a show like uh, Fringe that I used to watch that kind of oh, delved I into, saw that. Delved I saw into that. multiverse. And it's funny that all of the superhero stuff that I watched delves into like multiverse stuff, but the difference between something like this is there's so much detail because they usually just say, oh, there's a multiverse and there's other versions. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, and Here's they the don't machine really, to get you in there. Yeah. And they don't really expound upon that. But I think the difference is like they're giving you explanations here, um, even though like there was parts of it in this past episode that I that I had to like really think about because I was just like, huh, what is going on here? And then you think about it and it's kind of like you use what you watched previously and to kind of get a little bit of an understanding for it. I think that's what this show does well, is they have taken the time, specifically in this one, because I originally thought, like, like uh, you did, that it was uh, Lily's mind that they were looking at first, but then you realize, oh, okay, it's a Deb's projection. You know what else, Jake? Yeah. And I can't say too much more about this. Season three of Dark. Yeah, right. Of course. I wasn't even thinking about Dark. <laughs> Absolutely right. My God, they're all doing it really well. They're all doing it so well. And it's the type of mind expansion that I come to television for. Oh, yeah. This is what I expect from Christopher Nolan. Yes. That was actually another thing I was just going to say. The way that AC was talking about how people just refer to the multiverse, mm -hmm. it reminded me of the way that Christopher Nolan approached Interstellar, which was to consult with Nobel laureate Kip Thorne, who used to teach theoretical physics at Caltech and to use his equations to generate right. the black hole and stuff like that. And it was all based heavily on science. And so the Everett interpretation is real. It is a real thing. And Garland is obviously fascinated with it. The way that he gave us a lecture in this episode, great television. And it's also informative. Forrest asked Katie if she thinks his plans for his plan for devs is possible 
Then we get an incredibly shot sequence, just as jaw-dropping as Katie, Forrest, Lyndon, and Stewart do their initial experiment. Oh, dude, this is the Kubrick moment I'm talking about. This whole scene. Because it's silent. I think that is a big part of it, is the silence and the music and and the lights and the colors. A bird skull, small clock, dead flower, feather, seashell, and sugar cube are placed on a gold-etched hexagon with a dead mouse placed in the middle. And I know we're doing science, but there's something about this that makes it seem like a seance. <laughs> yeah, Dude, that's totally. true detective. <laughs> Six <laughs> sensors of some kind are suspended above it in a white room that is blasted with red, blue, and green light. Very West world. That whole, like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, set yeah. up above the right. table like pointing at super something. west world yeah. they're mapping all of the items down to molecular levels katie says they can extrapolate inwards cool so do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> he's like lily in bed cool Sergey, cool. cool. <laughs> Their quantum map fills into the mouse, then they extrapolate out, and it fills in the entire room, and eventually Forrest's face, and we get that close up as it slowly melts over his face. Jesus' face. We see Forrest in a bed with Amaya as she makes up her own bedtime story about a beautiful butterfly. Couldn't tell. It seemed like a real kid to me, guys. I don't know about my theory from last week. That's an oddball theory. It just it just stuck out, and it it looks like a kid. I know. I I even read the credits after you told that story, and it's strange. I mean, the name is strange. Another jaw dropping sequence after that, as a ponytailed Forrest calls his wife, and they banter about groceries. Got a sickening feeling in my stomach as I realized that Mm -hmm. we haven't even heard any mention of his wife up to this point. I was sucker punched by this scene because I was expecting it in Saul and then not expecting it here. This was jarred. Forrest walks out to the street and watches as his wife gets T-boned into oblivion one block from their house. I looked really hard and it appears that Both of them ran stop signs at a four-way stop. That's what it looked like. But the Volvo was going like 45 miles an hour. (laughs) Yeah. Because this is like neighborhood suburb. Like they should be going faster than like 30 actually. Mm -hmm. Especially with four-way stops. 25. With Vision Zero in New York, we're down to 2025 in the residential areas. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen a show do speed quite so well on a road oh the impact right because mm-hmm. the car that nearly hit lily in the previous episode yeah. truly oh, yeah. felt like it was flying at you yeah and while i agree with you eden because it's the first thing i thought is it's her own goddamn stretch of road yeah <laughs> no I, I couldn't believe that she could have missed the stop sign yeah unless it's by virtue of just, but just by muscle memory. Like, yeah, AC, you, just, you instinctively talk stop. to me. Buddy. Yeah, you're oh. driving every day. There's certain sections of your area that are just, just muscle memory, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, where you now, have to automatically, especially now that they've installed all these speed cameras everywhere. Yeah. That's the other thing that you have to keep. You know, it's almost second nature. So yeah, unless especially with unless the kid some, in the car, unless some hooligan in an alternate universe pulled up the stop sign oh, and it wasn't the there other, in the, uh, the stop sign going in the an other alternate way? universe yeah 
The Everett interpretation motif appears again as we see all of the alternate outcomes where Forrest doesn't lose his family and his fucking mind. <laughs> the alternate Volvo just missing him recalls Lily on the freeway, and it made me think, Jake, yeah. that there's a lot of worlds out there where Lily gets trucked by that Jeep. Yep. <laughs> Chuck, that's funny. Even though it's not funny. By the way, May's great line earlier T bone to oblivion. (laughs) That's a really good line, man. T bone to oblivion. (laughs) That's what you're looking for sometimes in the afternoon when you hit that flower. You know what I'm saying? Back at Dev's, Katie's eyes well up with tears. Just after the initial success of the hexagon experiment, Katie tells Forrest, I'm not sure you even understand what we're really doing here, and it's clear at this point that Katie is the smartest person in the show. Yeah. They can make Dev's work, determinism precludes free will, and Forrest is absolved of his guilt. Katie calls herself the lawyer for the defense, the Saul Goodman, if you will. (laughs) As she presents the first Dev's projection of the rat when it was alive, Jamie calls his dad and attempts to get them to go on vacation under some made-up story about an NSA security risk. That's hopeless. That's not going to work. Yeah. Kenton meets with Katie and Forrest, telling him he refuses to go to prison and will act in his own self-interest if pushed much further down this road. I like this scene. Kenton is, is a really fascinating character. AC, I am willing to suspend my disbelief and just imagine that he is a CIA old man strength legendary fighter. And I'm just, I moved on. Yeah, the scene, okay, so this scene was good. And it was good in the sense that, okay, he's officially a wild card. He's not just, I'm right. just all about this company, yada, yada. He already sees the other side. He, he already sees what they, can, considering the fact that he's been there uh, this entire time, and he sees what they do to people who betray them. He knows well enough, if you're not the top of the chain, yep. you can always be cut out. Yeah. Exactly. So that was good establishing. Oh, yeah, like, I'll be cool. I got to see how, how his uh, character closes these last three episodes. We'll see how that happens. I don't really think that Forrest has a backup plan to kenton kenton seems incredibly crucial especially since he's doing all of this himself so i wonder what forrest recourse will be if kenton goes rogue Mm. right who's he's he's certainly not not gonna gonna do it himself (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna good call mike though good call mike (laughs) in mexico just have Mike and Kenton go at it. That's what we need. The crossover. crossover. Yeah. <laughs> the old man fight crossover. Mike, no half measures. This guy. Can't. Dust off that cartilage tears closed caption. Oh, oh man. God almighty. <laughs> Lily is with her father at his deathbed trying to impart some final knowledge. No man ever steps in the same river twice because it's not the same river and he is not the same man. It's not Chinese, it's Greek, Heraclitus to be exact, and it lines up nicely with our Everett interpretation. Then we see Lily dying again. This time, it looked like she was superimposed on the gold walls of Devs, but maybe she will die in the outer cube of Devs. And then we're back at Whitehurst. Jamie sneaks in through the windows, smuggling Lily's drugged ass out in her panties while Katie watches. Okay, the stop sign thing, letting it slide. And the security at Whitehurst, letting it slide. 
Okay. Yeah, this was kind of, uh, yeah. I didn't know many hospital windows you could just climb into. First floor, too. They showed like a nine story building. (laughs) Guys, I feel like this is sort of one of those like voluntary rehab centers. It's not a full on psych ward, right? How does he expect to keep her there then? I know he drugged her up, but like, is that just the plan? Just keep her drugged up 24 7? Because Kenton doesn't want her to come back. That's true. Yeah. And they're trying to eliminate her as a issue. I mean, we've got the orderly sitting there through the cracked door, just not giving a shit. The doors yeah. aren't even closed or locked. So maybe it is low security, but. All Kenton, though, needs to do in fairness is to discredit her if she were to accuse them of anything, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's got the video footage. It's good enough. The police are already bought into it. He just needs to gaslight her, basically. And so. Jamie now is the only wild card, but it seems like they did sell it well why he didn't kill him beyond leaving him in the bathroom with the broken hand. He just doesn't want to be killing people all the time to, to keep this story. Well, yeah, quiet. I think that it would also be not that believable. The more bodies that start to drop, right, like right, you're not truly really right. able to like just get rid of all of these bodies. Yeah, you That's, can't just have all these young techies being yeah, murdered like all over, like showing flies, up dead like, all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Although, in fairness, Sir Guy's a suicide. Yeah, but like, what about uh, our boy Anton? There's just too many dead bodies. I don't buy that. Oh, Anton. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's clearly a murder. <laughs> He didn't. Right. He didn't suicide himself. <laughs> under the, put my head under the car and was hoping it was going to roll over me, right. but I had a heart attack instead. Yeah, I was just trying to loosen up my neck and <laughs> a little yeah. back issue. Neck massage, roll. Cracks yeah. and vertebra. I, I find my car tire has really good resistance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I take your point. It's a good point. I bought in. I thought I, everything felt earned. I, I mean, I know the one scene, but again, it's like they do so many things so well on this show that I I have no problem letting some things slide. I, I mean, I really was so okay. impressed. Yeah. You, you asked me that question last week, Maze, having seen ahead to where they were going with the presentation on, on the screen, right? I never thought the show was going to make the leap to high def on the dev screen. I thought we were always going to be seeing the static. And I guess, you know, the question I have was, is the static because you're seeing all the possibilities at once? You know, was that the original idea? So that when he applied that algorithm and reduced it to one storyline, that's when you can see it in high def. Is, Is that your interpretation of what happened? Okay, so this is when we go really deep here, Jake. Forrest was trying to build devs to see the past, to see his daughter. Knowing that the Everett interpretation existed because he had seen the lecture on it with Katie and knowing that she believed in the Everett interpretation. But what he wanted to do was to look at one past. I think they might have been able to get there eventually. But now that Lyndon has introduced the parallel universe tech and we're getting HD, I don't think he's going to be able to go back. So now it's kind of a thing of like, is this a show about there being parallel universes or is this a show about traveling back to the past? It's basically fidelity versus accepting an alternate version as the truth. 
Yes, and where they decide to take it from here is the most interesting to me because this episode, following the the tease last episode, just opened it up to this limitless possibility. Like I said, we don't know if we can trust anything that we saw in episode five. Some of it couldn't have not happened. This could all be the most unreliable narrator. That's the most fascinating part. And then why is Katie smiling? why is Katie smiling? That's the last frame of the episode. Is she rooting for Lily? Does she have a different agenda? We can't assume that Katie is going according to plan. Right. This episode, we can't just assume that Katie is aligned with Forrest. That's exactly my point with the shift to her and like understanding who she is. Cause mm-hmm. when we start, she's just Forrest Lieutenant. Mm-hmm. And we think of Forrest as the engine of devs. And we learn that he wasn't able to do any of it without her. Mm-hmm. Good point. And then also, I feel like we completely understand Forrest now. We get the flashback. He was a professor. Yes. He's grading papers and they have the humble home and uh-huh. he's just waiting for his wife to come back so he can go to the grocery store. Then she dies and it's and his daughter dies and it's their death that motivates him to create the company that eventually leads him here. It's kind of a breaking bad arc, but shortcutted, right? He's a teacher, he's very smart, he knows a lot about quantum mechanics and probably quantum computing just like Walter White knew a lot about chemistry, then something changes and he's motivated to create this thing out of his knowledge. And that leads him to Katie. And then that leads us to devs. And it's all in pursuit of him getting back to what he had before. So I kind of feel like I get Forrest now. And now it's really about what is devs capable of? What are they going to use it for? Yeah. See, that's and an interesting question, going though. To find? Is Lily going to die or not? Is that even viable and like in a reasonable time frame, though? Because my understanding of whatever the company, the company's kind of a tech company a la Google, right? And devs is alphabet, <laughs> right? Devs is what they were able to do because they were so successful in this other area. Devs is the kind of thing that would take so many years to build and fund that you would need a boatload of money. So he couldn't have just made the jump from professor to launching this yeah, company the money that from? became the leader. I think it's been like 10 to 20 years. Well, a minimum. Where did 20. the money come from? Minimum would have to be 20. Look at where Facebook is now and how long it took to get there. With all that gold enforced field. That's what I'm saying. That shit floats. He's not a software company. That's the important part, though. It's quantum computing. So he's making hardware. Uh-huh. So if he had a revolutionary piece of hardware okay. that became universal. Okay. That's what we're talking about. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like Apple, I would say. It's like it's like building a better computer. But still, like, just to build... What I'm talking about is the dev structure. Like, what would it even just take to construct that thing with tons of money? A year and a half? Because that shit... And they've been working on it for a while. He doesn't give us any timestamps. He doesn't give us any clarity yeah. on that. I appreciate yeah. it. 
especially with this episode, with the way that we're jumping around. But just that was my read on him talking about grading papers, that he had a much simpler, different life and that everything changed. He might have even been developing his original idea. Also, the company is named after his daughter. You're right about that. Well, that could have been true anyway, because Amaya could have started in his garage right trying to develop this yeah. piece of hardware like his side gig as a pro- graduate school professor these guys at stanford they're on boards they're they're trying to invent shit all the time you know so he could have had this idea been developing but been a professor as his as his gig but he also could have been teaching two class graduate classes a week while also developing his company it's unclear yeah i hadn't read it that way but that was an interesting read that you just presented and now I'm wondering when he goes to hire Katie, Amaya's um, already formed, right? Yes. Like he's like offering to pay her expenses, give her a job. So the company's already underway. She's just the key thing that moves everything forward. Cause even the other people are already in place when she comes on board, right? Are the, the other two characters we know? Stuart and Lyndon, they probably got hired after Katie. After Katie. Oh, interesting. Okay. There's obviously a gap between when he offers her the money and when they start the experiments because she has to finish school and she's got to come on board and it's all speculative. And he's asking her if it could work. Debs is purely speculative. Got it. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Excellent. Yes. So when she comes on board, then they bring in Seward and Lyndon as the engineers. I also loved how Seward and Lyndon were glued to the screens during the whole experiment. Yes. Not even turning around. Absolutely. Loved it. But, uh, okay, let's see. We're <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to unplug the old noggin. This is this episode, man. Once you dig in, it's like you're down at the micro, micro, micro level. What did he say? Like, I'm uh, 1.2 to the times 18th to the 30th power. <laughs> no errors. Still perfect. Error packages or something like yeah. that. And she's like, super well, dirty. could it just be a chasm? <laughs> yeah, I want to know what type of witchcraft they were doing with that <laughs> those totems, dude. That was... <laughs> But that overhead shot of the rat was... That was... Oh, my God. Those components that you're referencing were very dark. You know, those those felt like dark references. I I didn't read it at the time because I was just feeling like it was so reminiscent to me in a very good way. It didn't bother me at all of 2001. Yeah. That's all I could think about was 2001 and and how this kind of was a payoff of that vision in some way. It was so much fun. I'm so excited to talk about both of these shows next week as we continue to wind down these seasons. For my guests, Jake Hoy, Eden Lou, and Anthony Cantone III, I'm Anthony Mays, and we'll see you next time.